0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 242 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. This tip is sponsored by FeedXL. You can visit them at FeedXL.com. Enjoy today's tip. Howdy, everybody! Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, home of the World Equestrian Games, about four miles from my house, actually. And you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Well, to, you know, I wanted to mention the World Equestrian Games. I don't know if everybody noticed that the prices have come down on, on a lot of the tickets. So if you if you were thinking it was unaffordable before, you might want to look into it again and get down here for this once in a lifetime event going on at the end of September, beginning of October can find out more about it at alltechfeigames.com. Well, today we have a photographer on who has taken pictures of some of those the best horses in the world that will be here at the World Equestrian Games, and his name is Scott Trees. He he brings us another tip on horse photography. We haven't had him on in for a little while. We thought, well, this is photography season right here in the middle of summer. And, you know, Scott is one of the most famous and one of the most respected horse photographers in the world. And we're just thrilled that he takes time to to sit back and chat with me about how we can uh, take better pictures as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things when Scott takes pictures of horses, they're usually well-fed, well-maintained, and uh, horses that that are treated right. Well, you want to find out how to treat your horse right and make sure that you're feeding them the right things? FeedXL does all the smart stuff that it takes to formulate and balance a horse's diet. It takes all the science and math that a doctor of equine nutrition learns and makes it all super easy and fun for you to use. All you have to do is plug in some simple details to see if your horse is having his nutritional requirements met. FeedXL is like having your own personal equine nutritionist and it's it's used by leading equine nutritionists to formulate balanced diets for their clients. Using the details about your horse and what you feed him, FeedXL will do some serious math to calculate if your horse's nutritional requirements are being met. You can see the results displayed in numerous ways, including an easy-to-read graph that highlights excesses and deficiencies in his diet. And I mean, this thing is thorough. It Goes through all the vitamins and hay and grain and just everything you feed your horse. Learn more about equine nutrition and how to feed your horse for performance by visiting FeedXL's Learning Center at feedxl.com. That's feedxl.com. Let's say hi to Scott. Well, hi, Scott, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Okay, and I hear that uh, you're back from traveling around the world and come back just in time for summertime down there in Texas, a little hot.
1: Yes, a little hot, especially
0: today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have got like a couple I go of from one hot country to another. Yeah, yeah, you come from uh, the Middle East to Texas. There you go. Right. You could at least right. make a stop right. off like in Massachusetts where it's a little cooler. Or somewhere, you know, <laughs> Hawaii or something. <laughs> so, we have uh, been getting some emails from people who are thoroughly enjoying these uh, photography tips. And, well, I'm glad to hear it. And I think they love you to death. I think that's the other thing. Um, well, thank you. But, but no, and I always have fun talking to you. You wanted to talk a little bit about summertime and, and, taking, and photography in the summer.
1: I did. I did. It's summertime and horse shows and kids are home, and, you know, that's one of the reasons that um, I think a lot of people buy a camera is to chronicle, you know, their kids and their showing or, you know, their, their each other. Um, I have to say that probably some of the most horrendous photo sessions I've ever had are when husbands and wives work together for this stuff. There's, there's one couple <laughs> in one of the breeding in industries that is legendary amongst us photographers for getting in enormous fights during photo sessions. But, <laughs> um, you know, families and those kinds of things can, can be difficult. But it is, it is fun to to have a camera and have something that, you know, you can today's digital world that allows you to, you know, capture moments when your kids come out with a big smile on their face after winning a championship or 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 just the moments that they have around their horses. And that's really what I think the beauty of digital has offered so many people is that it's allowed the, the normal non-pro person to really – Put an excellently uh, excellent quality camera in their hands and, and have a chance to get some good results and see it instantly. So, one of the things I'm, I'm going to kind of discuss a couple different venues. One is the situation when you know when you're at home. Um, a lot of times people want to you know grab that quick shot of their son or daughter with uh, their horse and a portrait to send to friend or grandma or something like that. And one of the uh, problems that a lot of people run into, number one, is that they'll they'll take a picture standing about 3 or 4 feet away from horse and child and then it comes back and they see it and the horse's head is 8 feet long and the kid looks <laughs> you know 12 feet tall and and the distortion is terrible and so one of the things you want to do when you're doing a portrait um, of a of a person and a horse or even a person is you want to lo- use a mid to mid-length focal uh um, focal lens uh or even longer so starting at like 85 and and then a lot of these zoom lenses today are like 70 to 200 and you can even go into 200 and blur out your background a little bit but a wide lens uh especially on the point and shoot cameras a wider lens isn't going to work because um, the distortion problem is going to come along. Okay. Um, so that, that's one thing I see a lot, and, and not just in portraits, but sometimes in headshots and those kinds of things when, you know, everything looks out of proportion. And that's because our brain sort of adapts in our head when, when you, if you put your hand five inches in front of your face or at the length of your arm away, your, hand, your brain basically says your hand is the same size, but a camera doesn't do that. And so, um, you know, I, I think a good average focal length is like a 135, and you can set your zoom on, on that focal length, or you could actually have a lens for that. But um, that starts compressing things up a little bit to where um, they, they, they look proportionally correct. Okay. Okay. Another situation she run into sometimes is, you know, a lot of times most people have been taught from years and years and years ago when cameras didn't have great sensitivity, and the, you know, you've probably heard span with the sun behind your back so you have enough light. To, yes,
0: you know, yes, to, to... yep.
1: Well, that's that's where that came from, really, is that in the early early days of photography, um, they had to have a tremendous amount of light because the, the emulsions on the film didn't have a lot of sensitivity. Well, of course, that's all changed. And one of the problems, A, when you do that sun behind the back rule is number one, you have no depth in your shot because you have no shadow. And that's what gives the two dimensional element of a photograph a third dimensional feel is, is shadow. The other problem you run into is everybody's squinting horse is squinting, child is squinting. <laughs> yes, you're um, right. And, you know, nobody, and, and you get these pictures back with faces crunched up. And even, you know, poor horses, especially those blue eyed horses, have a problem with it. And one little trick that's that's real easy to do that that avoids that is take the go and take the photographs in the shade um most every place has somewhere that has a shade tree and if you kind of take your your horse and child just to the just walk them into the shadow and have them walk out toward the, the light until they just come to the edge of that shadow where the sun starts hitting their face. Don't let it hit their face or their subject, but step them back in a little bit. And what you're going to see with this is it's going to give a nice, even light over a horse and, and child. Now, this is a little easier to do with a gray horse or a lighter horse than a dark horse, but the principle still works the same.
0: I was going to say, if and the horse is black, do they get lost?
1: they don't they don't really i mean that that part you know sort if you set them against a a dark dark you know like in a doorway for example and yes you have to compensate a little bit for that because your your exposure is going to vary um, um, trying to actually it might be end up being a little overexposed because most meters in cameras are are defaulted towards trying to keep detail in the shadows so usually what happens in something like that is the camera tends to overexpose the shot but just speaking in, in averages, if you, if you have a nice grassy background, let's say some trees, and you, and you put the horse and, and child in the shadow and just to the edge of the shadow, because what will happen is, is that, A, the, the grass or the dirt or the concrete will sort of act as a reflector and bounce a little bit of light up into that shot. And you might have to play with your exposure a little bit, which, again, is one of the beauties of digital, is that you can take a test shot. And I, I always encourage people to do this. Take a few test shots, dial in your exposure. So if it's a little dark, you can lighten it up. If it's a little bright, you can darken it up. But um, this, you'll find, will, A, eliminate the squint problem. Uh, B, will um, allow you to have a real nice soft light on the shot. And, for example, um there's an event I do in Albuquerque, um, at the Arabian Youth Nationals, where I photograph the kids for one of the uh, magazines, and they have these beautiful adobe walls there. And and they oftentimes I'll have them just step in the overhang, where that nice warm adobe color pops up, and the you know it, it makes for a great background. And
0: can I ask a problem. question? Can I follow, do a <laughs> sure. follow up there? So if if there's no shadow available, are you? Let's go back to the sun at your back. Uh, you know, sun behind you, taking the picture. It, was it better then to get at an angle uh, so that— A little you know, bit of an angle, yeah, okay. yes. All right.
1: Because what happens if you, if you take a look, and a real easy thing to do is just to go outside and put your hand in front of your face where, where, where the light hits the, flat, the, the palm of your hand, and then just start moving your hand in front of your face one direction or another in a circle and watch how the shadow starts affecting the shape of your hand. And you'll start seeing that once you start getting just a little bit of shadow on your hand, all of a sudden, your hand takes on a whole different characteristic, and the same hand holds true in a photograph. And so that shadow is what gives us a depth. And if you start taking a look, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm doing a lighting, uh, an online course for lighting here in in, uh, in uh, starting in September, and... That's one of the things that I'll work on with people is, is actually trying to let people learn how to see light and what it will do with you because light is the photographer's paintbrush right and so you really have to to learn light um, in order to you know get the most out of your images. but so a little bit of shadow, a little forty five degree angle, of course, it depends on the time of the day too, but one of the things that's stepping into the shadow says is it really eliminates the product doesn't it doesn't stop the direction of light. You're still going to have, if you, if you take a look, and even do this situation with your hand in a shadow, you're going to see that there's still a brightness and a darkness depending on where you stand. But it's a much softer look, and it's just a—it's a trick a lot of us do with with and, and the pros that that to to eliminate the squinting problem for number one and number two. It, it really makes for a very nice light.
0: Well, that, that's a that's a great tip, and you know that's something that unless you're told you or find it by complete accident, you don't know.
1: Exactly. And it's one of those things that, you know, I always tell people, you know, experiment. So, you know, again, the beauty of digital is that you can shoot to your heart's content and and adjust your exposure so easily and so quickly to really get it right. And in the course of that, you might learn that, like I said, oftentimes you have a dark horse in a dark doorway. What your automatic uh, exposure tends to do is too much light in the shot and makes it too bright and you actually surprisingly most people are surprised that you actually have to tell the, the camera to shoot a little darker by going a stop or so down but the other thing that, that is how do you pose these kids I mean one of the, one of the problems that you know you 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 um, <laughs> We call them gripping and grins um, when they, you know, they come out of the rail and, and you know stand next to your horse and hold him and smile and, but one of the problems that that I see a lot of times is when people try and take their own pictures is they have the horse or the, the the child standing too far back from the horse. So they're, you know, you want to shoot rather into the side of the horse, kind of turn the horse three quarter front, and have your child sit next to or stand next to um, the shoulder if they're leading them. And that makes for a much nicer, smoother composition. Also, um, you're better off to have your child turn at a little bit of an angle. The tendency for everybody to to turn straight into the camera, and that's not very flattering on anybody. So turn a little bit sideways. Um, If they come out of the ring on horseback, uh, again, rather than shooting from the side, shoot from a little three-quarter front. Like take uh, the front of the horse's chest and take one giant step right or left um, which actually lets you point uh, shoot a little bit into the point of the horse's shoulder, and that will give you a nice angle. Uh, the horse can turn his head a little bit toward you, and child can smile, and it makes for a very nice shot. And don't the other thing is that people a because they, they said they they shoot too wide, or b they get too far back. So you you know you've got the horse and the building and the parking lot, and you know in there somewhere yeah. is, a, is a shot of the child. And so you know frame your shot, you know. Um, to where you can, you know, have, have them fill up the shot or don't be afraid to move in and like chop them off at the chest, you know, shoot, shoot that horse from the chest up. Um, and, and these are things that make for much nicer pictures. Now that's, that's more along the pose side of things though. I mean, right. these are situations, like I said, when they, you know, it's the impromptu I mean, it's moments with horses and kids that I think are wonderful. And this is the thing that, that I always encourage people to do. It's like, get away. You know, I, I hate what I call the Kmart smile that all these kids have. You know, it's like you've been so ingrained um, to smile, and they get this very false smile on
0: them. And
1: I and you generally know, find that...
0: I, I've been looking, you know, when you look at the even model pictures, you can tell the ones that are generally having a good time in the shoot and the ones who are faking the smile.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's... There's a whole, it's the body language, it's, it's the way the, the face looks. And the biggest thing is a lot of times that I'll tell the kids I'm not really photographing what I actually am. And it's it's those unguarded moments, especially the parents. I mean, it's going to be all mom, all dad, you know. I mean, there's going to be that whole interaction going on that there are also many kids are that are conditioned to put on this, you know, this false smile. So I basically let kids walk around with their horses and, you know, take pictures of them when they're washing their horses or, you know, walking in in a field and let them eat some grass. And, you know, horses don't always have to be standing with their heads up and their ears bricked up. I mean, there's, there's those moments. um, I have a wonderful shot of my granddaughter that when she was oh she was probably two years old and we were inside a a stall, but this horse loved snacks and, and Taylor was holding this bag of snacks in her hands and the horse leaned down look at the sack and Taylor just leaned her head against his, uh, his uh, nose and you know there was a moment and those are the kinds of things that you have to condition yourself to look for but those are the kinds of shots that I think most families really enjoy is those unguarded captured moments so again keep your camera handy uh, be alert that it's not just uh, it's not just the posy stuff but it's also the non-pose moments that can give you those shots that you want to put in your album or hang on your wall
0: Okay, great. And yeah, how's your website doing?
1: Website's good. Um, like I said, we're, we're getting ready to put an announcement up there for some, I'm going to start a series of online seminars, um, that are going to be oriented towards anybody at any level of photography that will, the first one's going to be about lighting, um, and seeing light. it's actually called uh, learning how to see light. And, uh, Several others I've got planned that I think will be interesting, and, and uh, they're going to be given in a webinar in a webinar
0: format, so people can come oh, online great. and.
1: Can they the sign up on, on your
0: course. website, Scott? Can they sign they can up? They come website? to my
1: website, yeah. and I'm also um, I'm also doing it through a great organization called Equine Photographers Network. Yeah, um, that is actually hosting the site and um, the show. I mean, and so uh, they can sign up through there. Well, as well, you don't have to be a member.
0: Great. So that's open to anybody. So even I would learn something and yeah. not be over my head. Even you would learn something. I mean, <laughs> the challenges you might be for me. I think I could teach you something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. We'll have you back again. Scott knows me well, for sure. Well, thanks to Scott again for joining us. And also, we love to hear from you. I love to get your emails, and you can drop me one at ends at com. We have some fantastic shows that are now posted on all the other shows on the network. We have a total of eight shows now. Don't forget to check out the new show that I do called Tack and Habit. It's become one of people's favorites. Go to tackandhabit.com. It's just a little show that Helena B and I do about products. We just talk about two products a week and just have a lot of fun doing it. That's attackithabit.com. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.